You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, we've got some news to kick around today, Andy. LeBron James is going to switch back to number six, a number that, to be perfectly honest, I forgot that he wore. That was back in his Miami days. Well, he won two championships with it, so it worked out pretty well. Oh, that's it's it's. I'm not saying it was it's a bad idea. I'm just saying I completely forgot that that was a thing. Um, and we got some uh, an interesting article about uh, injuries produced by uh, ESPN's Baxter Holmes. Obviously, injuries uh, kind of important for the Lakers. Turned out this year a little bit. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get into it. But the big concern is that it could be important moving forward. Yes, absolutely. And uh, all stuff we're going to get to over the course of the episode. But we are going to start today with news about Andre Drummond uh, and promises that were made to him as reported by the New York Times and Mark Stein. Before we get to that, Stat Hero. That's the uh, sponsor of today's episode. The first ever daily sports book that gives the player the advantage. So go to stathero.com backslash locked on for 300% back on your first play. 300%. That looks like a typo, but it's not. Um, all right. So, Andy, this is going to make some people very upset, uh, namely the former host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know well, what? We can Anth- talk about it. It's not like Anthony's died or got fired. The guy moved no, no, on no, to a I, great gig over at Vox. We can no, talk no, about I was, it. It's, it's okay. No, that's not what I was going to say. No, I'm just saying, but I've heard some people out there might be like, oh, you guys, you know, no, it's fine. He's okay. Um, and But like, you know, so Andre Drummond, as reported by Mark Stein uh, at the New York Times, great basketball writer, he it was promised a starting position with the Lakers w- when the Lakers were making their pitch. This is semi-news, Andy, in the sense that it's sort of been kind of out there and assumed that this was part of what Drummond was uh, was told when he signed with I mean, the Lakers. I mean, it was out there with the Lakers. It was out there in large part because Anthony spent at least three quarters of every podcast talking specifically. Right to the point of just that. He, so, I mean, he, he willed it into existence. He he Levar balled the Andre Drummond promise into existence. No, I just meant that it was out there. And yeah, right. He, clearly, but, people had been speaking about it again, namely Anthony. But like, so on the one hand. I, this isn't surprising. I mean, Andre Drummond, he was in demand from a few different places. He's a pretty good player. Um, and uh, for the buyout market, was about as good a player as you're going to find. What do I do with this information? Because I don't it, – it feels like it should be significant, but I'm not sure that it is. To me, what really matters is not whether or not Drummond was promised the starting job because that that doesn't necessarily bother me, particularly because and it's become really, really easy to forget. The first half of the season, everybody, including, by the way, all the fans bitching about Andre Drummond, were previously bitching about Marc Gasol yes. as the starting center. He, he was underwhelming in the first half. He played very good defense, but offensively, he was not doing on a regular basis, nobody things- cared. Nobody. I mean, they need a rim protector. They need this. And the the defense is all this stuff because, like, they miss the aesthetics of of Dwight and Javale and how they play defense. Meanwhile, the Lakers had the best defense in the league, and where Marcus Gasol was falling flat, like you point out, was on offense. 
which is a little bit where I think they missed those guys more than anything. It wasn't the defense, it was on offense. But you're sure, right, everybody it, hated the, it hated Gasol. Right, we, which makes sense in terms of the Lakers thinking about Andre Drummond as a starting option for this team. So that in and of itself, I don't think is that big of a deal. What would be particularly a big deal in terms of this promise would be if it didn't come with a very obvious caveat of it needs to be working, certain matchups might dictate another look in the playoffs like we did all throughout last season on the way to a title, you know, that he was given those type of, again, like circumstances in which we might play around with this a little bit, for, but we are bringing you in to start. That's fine. If he was promised this job, no caveat, say perhaps an elimination game, Right, that would be you a get problem. to start every game until we're down three two in the first round. Then we're going back to Mark. Right, it's I a mean, very the, specific promise. The latter would obviously be a mistake, and it would make you wonder whether you know Rob Palinka does not negotiate these type of things well, or if he was unable to remove his "I was once Andre Drummond's agent" and therefore accustomed to making him happy, very personally connected to this guy hat. Like or just, that's the, or they or they they overestimated um how good Sherman sure. was. I just this is one of those, it's gonna piss off a lot of people, there's no question. Um but in the end, I don't I, I you don't you're not gonna bring in Drummond, especially if you if you think you need a big, you're not gonna bring him in just to kind of stash him away just in case, you know, break glass, like, hey, we'll deploy. Like, you gotta play him and you gotta, you know, and it makes sense to start him. Um, I think you know, I, I think there's a lot of arguments that can be made to to use him how they did. But the thing that I think is funny about this in terms of validating anybody's opinion about it is we never really got a chance to find out because. If you're again, if you're gonna have him and you think you need the upgrade and you want to, you know, try to put out something that works in your head, LeBron James with Anthony Davis, and then you put in Andre Drummond's offensive rebounding ability, whatever it might be, you got to play it. You got to give it 15 games. You got to give it 20 games, whatever it might be, and then you can tell if it works or it doesn't. They never got that time. No, absolutely. And Drummond was neither terrible nor awesome like there wasn't amount of, enough consistent any of it and i'm including in the playoffs you know the, the two games that they won drummond played very well the game that they lost that game one wasn't andre drummond's fault i mean Schroeder wasn't great in that one and and no. ad didn't show up that wasn't drummond wasn't the reason that they ended up in the predicament they were in it is just more interesting in the context of how the front office operates well that that's what i was going to say because there, there's a larger point in this in terms of the the moves that happened for this season and it reminded me a little bit of when the lakers made the trade for dennis schroeder and i liked that deal even though i had been on the record so to speak many times in the past about how i would not want schroeder on my team because i didn't trust him i thought he was too erratic a player he was from 5,000 feet, uh, that type of view, too weird um, on that count. I think I was actually right. Yeah, he, had, he is weird. He yeah. had flaws as a player, but I liked the deal, though, because I assumed, A, that he was coming off a really good season in OKC, which gave me some mm -hmm. optimism that maybe on a high-end team with structure, you could get the best out of Schroeder. But more importantly, I assumed he'd be coming off the bench. 
that he and Trez would be forming like the Trez Lou Will type pick and roll uh, partnership from yeah, the Clippers. That was that was uh, I think a big assumption. Absolutely. And throughout the, throughout the season, even during the period when the Lakers were winning, I was pretty insistent that even though Schroeder wasn't necessarily bad during that period, he still would have been better suited coming off the bench. And Schroeder, though, in the meantime, from minute one, like the minute we were introduced to him, declared himself a starter, made it clear that's how he wanted to be used on this team. And there was a certain amount of leverage that he had in terms of that relationship because you want to try to re-sign him. I mean, you know, they gave you up. Just, you just traded a draft pick. You just traded Dana First Green. round you draft have, pick. And you don't have like, – the, the, the deal – is predicated on the idea that he comes in, plays well, and you have access now to re-sign right. a guy who's in his you know late twenties, adding youth and a lot of speed, which and they needed. And you're also lineup. trying you're also trying to get him to sign an extension. Right, correct. Yeah, that's what, when I say, and I mean add going forward beyond this year, well into the future. I it's that deal generally speaking was well received. Yes, it I was think, around the league, and I liked it. You liked it. Um, Again, and I did. I did picture it playing differently, out differently, but even in terms but, of the right, but but even still, then, it was it, well received. Absolutely, I think what makes all of this in like you're talking about the Schroeder thing. The Schroeder thing wasn't a disaster, but it wasn't sort of obviously a success either. It had some good moments. It had some bad moments. And like Andre Drummond, like there wasn't enough just sort of consistent, all right, this is what we think we have here with Schroeder, even in the playoffs where he had a couple really good games and two awful games. Just, I mean, not even bad, like just flat, awful, like destructive games. Go through the whole list. Wes Matthews replacing Danny Green, essentially, brought in to play the Danny Green role in a lot of ways. Not a rousing success. Had some good moments. But generally speaking, was not great throughout the year. Mark Gasol had some good moments, but generally speaking, was I, I think a disappointment in some ways, depending on how you want to grade it. I liked him better than other people did, but I get it. Whereas a year ago, kind of like Frank Vogel, pressed all the buttons, hit all the things right. The stuff that they did, I don't know if it's a causation correlation kind of thing, Andy, but you could argue certainly, and we're going to spend a lot of time on it this summer, that the choices that they made last off season, whether people like you and me liked them or not, turned out not to work. Is it because of the, is it because of the moves that they didn't win or is it because guys got hurt? We never saw what the, the, okay. the supporting cast would look okay. like with the thing intact, which makes it hard to grade. All right. Sp speaking of that, though, I mean, because we're going to get into in the next segment, this report from Baxter Holmes at ESPN about injuries across the NBA and specifically how they affected the Lakers this season, but also moving forward. But there's yep. one more point that I want to get into in terms of what you just mentioned with the, the right moves being made and the guys that were brought in last year versus this year, because you're hearing a lot of Laker fans talk about how they brought in the right type of guys last year, not this year. And to some degree, I think that could be true. But there's an element of it that I think people are overlooking that I that I think you absolutely have to still uh, keep in mind. So we'll get into that coming up next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Stat Hero. Did you know 85% of people, Brian, who play fa daily fantasy sports lose? Why? The game is rigged oh. against you. You are literally 
playing against thousands of other lineups, including experts who have way more tools, way more time. You don't stand a chance. There's a mm -hmm. saying in gambling, if you can't spot the sucker at the table, it's you. Same concept here. That's why you should play Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts players in control, winning within reach. Stat Hero shows you the lineups, then dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in head-to-head -head fantasy matchups. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. It would have helped me a lot in some DFS disasters. Remember these guys when I needed them. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one -on -one play Stat Hero. Now change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. Right now you get three times back on your first play. 300% match they're giving you. It's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Uh, Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're like me, you need something to kind of get you through the day. You're running errands, you're getting the kids back and forth to soccer, whatever it is they're doing, and you're trying to get a little exercise. You're trying. Some of you are probably succeeding that better than me, but you're trying. You need something that you tastes good. like 11 good. kids, man. It's hard to find I, At time. least. I, 11 if I'm counting all of them. Um, <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> Woo, <laughs> there, I am virile. Fun. Yeah, there's less. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> you need something healthy. You want something low in sugar. You want something low in calories, but you want it to taste good. And that's Built Bar. 18 flavors, including six brand new ones like caramel brownie and cookies and cream. Uh, Built Bar also comes with sweet tooth without all that sugar because they're coated in 100% chocolate. They taste good. They're chewy and soft and delicious, which is not a given with protein bars. So you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. And get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Um, Harrison Fagan still scarred, by the way, by what he called my sex rant mm -hmm. on last week's show. I think rant, Andy, is a is a terrible word for that. I mean, if he just can't handle a little bit of frank sex talk, <laughs> I think that's on him. Yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> I, I would only assume that everybody else found it really, really enjoyable. It was I think just everybody Harrison else is completely Fagan. comfortable with it. It was just Harrison who was uncomfortable. I mean, um, it's, all right, so twenty twenty one, man. Yeah, I mean, come on. So I, I, Summer I think love, in a lot baby. of ways, yeah, <laughs> I think in a lot of ways the the Andre Drummond thing became kind of an avatar for a lot of choices that were made by the front office and Rob Palenka over the summer. Um, Two summers ago, they hit all the right buttons. The Lakers go out, perfect chemistry, win a title. This year, it was rockier from the start for things that do have something to do with the personality so they brought in, but then also, too, have were based on externalities that couldn't have been predicted and were completely different than last year. Um, yeah, and I just think last year's team got the ability to build chemistry while actually in person with each other, being able to hang out, being able to build right. bonds. And, and, and this year's that team. was before they were literally not allowed to go anywhere without the, anywhere else. We're around ready. This year, right. the whole setup was different. And so, you know, Drummond, Drummond is a flawed guy. We all know that. We, and, and, and we all know his, his positives and his negatives, but I just, it, he almost became kind of a, a, a proxy for a lot of other discussions at the same time. Cause he wasn't that, terrible yeah um uh, and a reminder today on the road to the finals our nba playoffs coverage brought to you by michelob ultra it's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little more this season i i was thinking about that brian because with andre drummond 
being promised reportedly uh, by, you know, by Mark Stein, great NBA reporter, that starting job is a way of enticing him to take that role, which I, I don't think is necessarily unheard of. But anyway, it's, also not, you know, it's not even at all surprising. Right. But there's the contrast, you know, to say Dwight Howard last year and the way Dwight accepted his role off the bench. You're talking about a multiple time all-star, multiple time defensive player of the year, future Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. And that is true, and it is commendable and something that speaks well of Dwight in that situation. But it's also worth noting Dwight only accepted this role because he had hit rock bottom in his career, in large part because of an unwillingness to accept his roles in the past. He had no other choice. He was on a non-guaranteed deal. <laughs> he and also only, had no other offers. Right. He only got this deal because Boogie got hurt. It's literally the only reason he was on the team. And the team clearly had some doubts because they didn't guarantee it right away. And then you start looking at other guys on the team. JaVale McGee didn't really have the leverage to argue about his role, but he still, though, was on a guaranteed contract. It didn't necessarily become that big a deal to him. KCP was coming off a bad season, didn't necessarily have the leverage to argue. Avery Bradley coming off a bad season. Rajon Rondo coming off a bad season and was injured before the season started. So he had nothing to complain about if he didn't begin the season as a starter. Caruso had just gotten a big boy deal. And, you know, I get I had thought he could be a possibility to start, but it's not like he was proven enough to complain. You know, Markeith Morris was a buyout guy. So most of the guys on last year's roster were not in any type of position to complain about roles. And it's a it again, it's commendable the way everything came together. But that can also be a dicey way to build a roster in the first place in terms of that many guys coming off disappointing seasons and, or needing and, some type of there's reclamation. No, there's no evidence, Andy, that there's that Drummond, the, pr the promise that was made to Drummond had any impact on how they operated. Like, if, again, if you're going to bring him in, you're going to play him like you you, right. you, you don't you don't you could have played him. him off the bench you could have made you him sort of have. earn that starting role you could have but I, like I, I do think there's something in here Brian in terms of just keeping in mind that if you're going to upgrade the talent and in terms of raw talent that is exactly what the Lakers did with this year's team it was something that you and I both thought they needed to do there's more politics involved in having a roster True. with more talent and you know that's going to be I think something that Rob Palenka is going to grow more experienced in dealing with, if if it was in any way some type of issue with this team, and I just thought that was interesting about it. That's all. Yeah, um, it, it's it's something we'll we'll look into a lot over the summer, uh, a summer hopefully that the Lakers are using to get healthy. Um, this year was one with lots of injuries, um, and as reported by Baxter Holmes, it does uh, of ESPN has a good feature up, which we'll tweet out. Um, it does look like, depending on which metrics you want to use, that there, there were more non-COVID-related injuries, particularly soft tissue injuries, this year than normal. Not the most ever, but more. Um, not at all surprising to see this, and certainly the Lakers... Um, you know, the, the two big injuries they had, the LeBron injury, I think really can't be related to you know the the impact of the compressed schedule the short layoff and covid but you could say his recovery is yeah um but the davis injuries the myriad of them and the and the the fact that he needed more uh more time to come back and really had to ease into it that i think you can point to it there's james harden there's all kinds of stuff all around the league with different guys 
And one of the, one of the things I thought was was fascinating about this feature wasn't just it wasn't just blaming compressed schedule, short layoff. It pointed out certain things, the way the COVID restrictions changed training. So yeah. guys couldn't get as much of that in there. They had less contact with the training staffs, with the strength trainers and all those kinds of things, which leaves them more open. Um, you know, and and the big thing isn't even so much looking backwards because my my attitude with a lot of these things has always been, okay, I get it, but I don't know what the alternative is if you want to play. The players want to make their money, understandably, that is not a dig. Owners want to make their money, that is understandable, it's not a dig. Um, but whether or not this is going to have an this season will have an impact on next season in the way that last season had an impact on this season because that was a point that was made by a couple people in this story that that Baxter posted to ESPN. Yeah, I mean this year's off season isn't going to be quite as short as last season's, but it's going to be shorter. Certainly not by, for the Lakers, right? Well, but I was going to say like if you had gone to the finals, if the Lakers had managed yes. to repeat, it was not going to be as short as last year's, but it was going to be shorter than normal by correct about a month or so, and and a, and a month matters. And thinking about Baxter's piece and also some of the stuff that we had talked about in previous podcasts, hearing guys in exit interviews, reading body language, all that stuff, you can make a really strong case that from a pragmatic, practical standpoint. Unless the Lakers were going to repeat, they were far better off losing in the first round and getting that extra recovery time as opposed to a more respectable mm -hmm. exit where they don't win. Like they might, they might have even been better off, again, from a practical standpoint, missing the playoffs. Like just well, I mean, to some degree, that is the that is one of the perks of being in LA. Where any season when you have a contending, you know, this doesn't hold for like five years ago, but when you have a contending level team, if you don't win a championship, it's a failure. And like sometimes that gets stupid, but other times it kind of comes in handy. And this is one of those times where it was no, it was not going to be considered much more of a failure to lose in the second round to Denver, were that to happen, than they did in the first round to Phoenix. Now, look, the 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 big if in what you're talking about is if they can get out of the first round, does that give them enough time to get Anthony Davis healed? Could they somehow get through? Doesn't seem like it. I, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, I think the longer doing, you're in, the more you can, you know, you have a chance to get your I guys think healthy. They were gonna be doing, I think they were going to be doing this game time decision dance for at least the next couple weeks, mm -hmm. if not the entire playoffs, because yeah, I agree with you. AD was never going to get a chance to really heal up. LeBron and, was never going really to get a chance of, to And heal that up. kind of injury, particularly with AD, was going to be the sort of thing that nags throughout. Right. But, and, you know, but I, looking at next season then, how how do they handle this? Because one of the things that I thought was interesting about this year, we both talked about was the criticism of Montrez Harrell. And we'll, you know, we'll kind of wrap this up before we get to the, the LeBron stuff. Um, the criticism of Montrez Harrell was like, well, he can't play in the playoffs. And our point was, okay, that's fine. You put AD at the five, most of the playoffs anyway. And Harrell's going to help them get through the regular season, which was monumentally important. And it turned out guys got hurt anyway or whatever. But how much of how much protection do you think they have to build in, not just for LeBron and AD, but for the supporting guys, the KCPs and all these other because those guys suffered a lot, especially in the face of injuries from other people. Like they, they it wasn't just the stars that that 
suffered this year, it was the reserves too. I I don't think necessarily too much because these guys are actually going to be getting the equivalent of an actual offseason. real. And right. they get that I mean, mental, they get a mental break that they really need. Like I I think if say they had had the type of off season that they're going to get this year, or even like somewhere in the middle, like they, they had about two and a half months. If say they had three and a half months, which is still short. Last year, coming not, into this season, you mean? Right. Yeah. Coming into this season, you know, maybe what you and I thought that value of Montrez Harrell, the value I thought was going to be there for like Dennis Schroeder, being able to take some of that load mm-hmm. off LeBron, maybe that manifests itself more. You know, if you want to be a skeptic about it, you say Anthony Davis has had issues with injuries throughout most of his career, yes. which means maybe there's no way to safeguard against it at all. I mean, maybe that's just sort of the dice roll that you signed up for with somebody as incredibly talented right. as Davis and who at the top of his game is as good as damn near anybody in the league. But there's right, but you, you can't list. like the idea that Anthony, you can't just look at Anthony Davis gets hurt. <laughs> There's the you know lockout compressed schedule for I mean I mean that could happen in any. Season. You know what I we're gonna have time to talk about this, but I've been thinking lately that you know the the resistance to playing AD at the five, which comes pretty much entirely from AD. There's always been this school of thought that it's to prevent him from the wear and tear of banging with larger guys that toll on his body. Mm-hmm. You know it's easier for him to be out on the perimeter. And, you know, this was a school of thought, by the way, too, with him in New Orleans. They were always looking for a larger guy to play, quote unquote, center. I've been wondering if actually it's the reverse in terms of trying to keep him healthy because you don't go up, up against as big of guys playing the four. But my God, in today's NBA, are you running your ass off? Yeah. And, I mean, and, there are coverages and all of it. I, but I, I, I get what you're wondering. I do it. wonder if it's as protective as, as you say. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. look, look, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of time to, yeah. to go through this, but it was an interesting thing. Um, and the causation correlation aspects of it, uh, there'll be a bunch of different ways to break down. Cause I do, I, I mean this in most, in all sincerity, to me, a lot of research done on this season. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and really looking back and digging into the kinds of injuries and, um, length of time missed and looking really you know, going long after the season is done uh, to try to figure out what the impacts really were and what that means going forward. Um, so it, it's a fascinating part of this season uh, and another place injuries where the concept became kind of a, uh, a proxy for how you feel about other things that were related to the pandemic, which is something we didn't get into today and don't necessarily need to, but was definitely an aspect of how people reacted to injuries over the course of the year. Uh, LeBron James got a big movie coming out. Um, and in that movie, he's wearing a different number. The Space Jam movie, he's wearing number six. He's going to be wearing that next year for the Lakers. We'll talk about that when we come back next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers. I was one of them. Looking for a better, cleaner nicotine alternative, I was also one of them. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. They have nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with 
four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. It's convenient, discreet. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out the dip. The dip is disgusting. It really is. That's a terrible habit. Oh my God. A subscription really, to Lucy. Genuinely disgusting. Oh, it's the worst. A, a subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. Lucy lozenges and gum are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA network listeners, go to lucy.co Use the promo code Locked On NBA. Get twenty percent off on all products in your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's Lucy.co. Use the promo code Locked On NBA checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning: This is a product that contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is, nicotine is a an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Make sure to use that promo code Locked On NBA. If nicotine was allowed, Andy, to sponsor a whole team in a league like back in the 50s or 60s, they would have probably called themselves nicotine. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, that, let I me mean, tell you what, the giveaways for that team at the gate would have been something to behold. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so LeBron James is changing. All unfiltered. <laughs> LeBron James is changing numbers. He's going back from 23 to 6, which is the number that he wore in Miami. Had a pretty good run there. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I don't pay attention to numbers. I completely forgot that he wore that. Um, I am not a person who gets worked up about this stuff. People love jersey numbers mm -hmm. um anthony davis what like there was some speculation that he was doing it in part to let ad have 23 because he but, was going to do that before and the time he, he basically they had applied for it too late and the league yes. wouldn't allow it to happen um so there, there had been like you said that idea that okay he's switching numbers ad is going to be changing numbers but ad is going to stick with the three that he won the title staying right with three it can't be i mean when you're that injury prone you don't want to be weighed down with an extra number front and back <laughs> <laughs> that's true every little it's bit just, counts every just lighter on his feet you know less load to carry um explains why keon clark just didn't have a number his he, legs were so thin this is obviously isn't Kobe, you know, switching from 24 to you know, eight to 24, um, just because not, you know, LeBron's not going to just reach that, but like it, it, it got people riled up. Yes, <laughs> there it were did. people upset that, well, that like, what's he doing? Like, what's he doing to the changing number thing? Who do you think you are? Well, here's what it is. The news of LeBron changing numbers prompted some Twitter chatter, which we saw at Cam Brothers in our timeline about possibly having two. Numbers retired by the Lakers, which naturally led to some Laker fans losing their damn minds, which is always hilarious. Um, I had one person tweet at me. I don't even know how I ended up in this thread. One ring gets your jersey retired? Dang, I can totally see Jared Dudley, J.R. Smith, and Deion Waiters lifted up, and, lifted up as well, then face the tears of tears of joy. I don't even know what that means. LeBron needs to do more in the house Kobe built. To which I responded, I guess you'll be scaling Staples Center rafters to remove the West, Wilt, Goodridge, and Baylor jerseys as well. Uh, but Baylor never, Belgian never won one. He was no. like on that team for like five minutes and then retired, and then and then they won. So he has that none, guy. really. That poor guy. So I, I put up a, uh, a poll at Cam Brothers asking people the following. How many numbers could LeBron have retired by the Lakers depending on how many times he changes it. One, two, three plus won't have any retired. Um, and as of this recording, about 400 votes, one is at 54%, mm -hmm. two is at 22%. 
three at 7% and won't have any retired 19%. Uh, first of all, to the 7% of you who voted three plus, thank you because you're the only ones who got it. <laughs> the only ones who leaned into my purposeful absurdity. That is the reason why I put it up in the first Just place. Just keeps changing numbers every year. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Plays five more and he has like the, the slashiest banner ever. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being the ones who got it. The rest of y'all took this a little bit too seriously. Uh, weird for Laker fans. I know it is weird, but it was, they it don't usually was do that. Although I was thinking about it. Like, look, man, if you want to eventually lure Bronny to the team or KCP's son, who's going to be a clutch client, I assume as well, you got to play ball there too. You might need to retire as many numbers as LeBron says he wants retired. You always got to be See, playing that long look, game. I mean, I, 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 they, they have, there's no use for, you could have said this before about, you know, uh, Costas keeping, you know, whatever number Giannis wanted available. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you mm -hmm. know, the Lakers are not above that sort of chicanery. Nor should um, they be. No, no. I mean, I, I, I got to think Costas is on another team next year. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think one of the, the more tactful things the Lakers have done in years was not just cutting him 20 minutes after Giannis signed that extension with Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> and publicly stating the reason why. Yeah, we had yeah, this mother effer on this team for one reason, he had one, one reason job. only. He is a crappy tamper. Here's my he thing. If if you want to if you want to retire LeBron at six, let's say he wins a title next year, and you say, look, LeBron. All due respect, you, you get one number. We'll put you up there, but you you won two titles in four years, five, whatever it is you get. That's good enough. We're going to put you up there. You help resurrect the franchise and everything. You want to be number six, that's great because you, you know who that opens the door for, Andy? At 23? Von Wafer. Von Wafer, that's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and if there is a Laker who – people like to talk about Coop or Byron Scott – Robert Ory, Derek Whatever. Fisher. Nobody should be going up in those rafters uh, before Vaughn Wafer at 23, the greatest 23 of all time. <laughs> all apologies. I don't mean the greatest Laker 23 of all oh. time. I mean the greatest 23 of all time. He took, Coming at he, you, MJ. He did take shots, Von Wafer, that even Michael Jordan. I have. love Von Wafer more than any other person who's ever worn 23. Um, before we go, though, Brian, uh, yes. if LeBron ends up number six and deciding to retire that number, let's just say they hopefully, I hope this is the case, they win one more title. LeBron is pitted with a decision. He chooses number he chooses number six. Out of or he just, Right. Or he just says, you know what? Screw it. I'm going 23. That would leave six open. With mm -hmm. that in mind, I'm going to list you some number sixes. And with the exception of... Eddie Jones, who would be the obvious choice if it's not LeBron, or Jordan Clarkson, who would be the obvious choice if it was not Eddie Jones or LeBron. <laughs> you have to retire one of these number sixes. Okay. You tell me who. All right. Chucky Brown, one-time Laker champion who did not play a single minute in the entire playoffs, Jelani McCoy. To part of the 2002 team. Mm -hmm. Mo Evans, mm. two-time champion Adam Morrison, who did not play a single minute in either My final. My wife still calls him wah-wah, baby. Josh McRoberts, mm. Earl Clark, 
Mm, I have Kent hopes for him. Yeah, so a lot of the Earl Clark Laker, Mania. Modern Lakerdom has really passed the number six around. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really has. Like, like a venereal disease. But like it's it's it, thrown all over. You show up in El Segundo, they hand you a six jersey, you rent, you do not buy because you yeah. are not here very long. Wow. No, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> if they're giving it to you, you I should mean, be very Jesus, like there is, I mean, there is, you are gone within like six months if they give you this number. So Earl Clark, there was Earl Clark Mania for about 20 games. Can't yeah, no. Is more? No, sure. Should have held on to him. Derek Williams. <laughs> what? Wow. Lance Stevenson. Ooh. You got to retire one of them. Chucky Brown, Jelani McCoy, Mo Evans, Adam Morrison, Josh McRoberts, Earl Clark, Kent Bazemore, Derek Williams, Lance Stevenson. Because again, LeBron, Eddie Jones, Jordan Clarkson, too obvious. Go. God, this is this is a tough one. On the one hand. None of them were particularly impactful. <laughs> On the other hand, I love I McBob's continues to be one of my favorite nicknames of all time. I love McBob. Um and I particularly love McBob because Josh McRoberts apparently didn't. Um no, I sensed he was not a fan. I'm going with McBob. <laughs> You're an idiot, man. The answer is Adam Morrison rings, baby. <laughs> Count the rings. Count the rings. I can't. Put, I can't put Wham Wham Baby up in the rafters. My <laughs> wife would kill me. She still. She watched. She seen one college basketball game, like in her life. It happened to be that one where Adam Morrison cries, and he is forever Wham Wham Baby. Tough crowd. It's a um, shame, man. We we is. covered him. We liked him. I He's actually really liked Adam. Yeah, made the NBA. Pretty good player. Um, all right. So tomorrow, Alex Regula, who now was with uh, Silver Screen and Roll and, and, and the folks over at Vox, has a new gig. He'll talk about it tomorrow. He's going to be uh, with us to uh, break down what happened. Lakers put out some great content this year with a lot of really important and digestible numbers. That uh, So we'll talk to him about this season, get some other stuff going for you next week. Reminder, sign up. and uh, well, It's not sign up. It's uh, subscribe to the Locked on Lakers YouTube page. Get all the good stuff over.